Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode number 10 of Believe in the Pac-12. We're almost a decade old in terms of episodes. Welcome, everybody. Ryan Leaf, my name is Jonathan Rifkin. So happy to be with you on a lovely Thursday for a preview of Week 6. Four Pac-12 games on the slate, Ryan. Um, And before we get into any specifics, what are you looking forward to for the conference as a whole uh, come Saturday? Well, I'm looking for the the top two teams uh, in in what I think is playing out the way it is in the North, and that's Oregon and Washington. Both the both of them play this weekend. Big buys, I think, for a lot of teams. Some, I think, are, are, are needed. Utah getting to buy to get Zach Moss healthy. One I don't think is needed. I, I, I think Washington State would love to get back out there and play this week instead of having to deal with the bad taste of losing two consecutive games for the first time since 2017. Uh, it, it, that's huge for this football team. I really do think that. But for me, I want to see Oregon. I want to see them uh, establish home dominance, beat a very good Cal football team um, that may be limited without their quarterback, Chase Garbers. And I want to see UW go on the road after a big win. This is going to be their first test on the road, I think, uh, in terms of in-conference play, right? They went to BYU and dominated, but they haven't played anybody on the road. They played Cal at home and they played USC at home. This is going to be the first opportunity for them to go on the road and beat a team that usually gives them problems but is struggling a bit this year. They need to show that type of form against a team that's down and not allow them to hang in a football game and make it close down the stretch, I don't think. I think this Oregon game is a good place to start, Ryan. That's the 5 o'clock Saturday game on Fox. No Joe Davis, unfortunately. He will be calling the Yankees Twin Series how dare Turner take the NL so that way he has to go call AL games. Anyways, that is a, a quick aside. Oregon Cal uh, in Eugene. Oregon coming off the bye 3-1. and one. Their first big competition of the season since the opener against Auburn. It's been Montana. It's been Nevada. It's been Stanford. Six th- since then, they haven't given up a touchdown. We'll see if, if Chase Garbers can play. If he does, I think Cal has a chance to win this game. Oregon does this year in and year out against teams in the Pac-12. They come in, they're the favorite, they look good coming into the game, and then they do something and they blow it. Stanford last year, Washington State last year, they go on to beat Washington the next week. Two years ago, they lost to Arizona State and UCLA. Uh, The UCLA game was at the Rose Bowl. Washington State was in Eugene. Um, Three years ago was just a bad season where they finished sixth in the Pac-12. We don't have to go to that. But, you know, Oregon, it seems like this is the point in the season for the Ducks where they have these expectations and they just can't quite get there. And I'm worried uh, that this Cal game could be that same situation that we've seen for the last three seasons. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to play out in, in year two of Mario Cristobal. He has put together uh, a football team that is in the likeness and the image of the teams he coached while in the SEC. Uh, SEC West is the way uh, I you know I, I'm looking at it. Uh, coastal SEC, whatever you want to look at it as. He's brought that kind of talent on defense. 
Um, they're going to show up. They're playing at home. I think regardless of, of if Chase Garbers are play, he's not going to be 100%. Uh, they're going to come after him. They have the most talented offensive line in the country. Uh, Justin Herbert has not turned the ball over uh, in the air yet, and uh, he's getting his wide receivers back. The, the relationship he's made with Breland at the tight end position, I think, has something to say about it. Their, their bye week came at a perfect, perfect time. They're, they're expected to come out and play really well. They are um, a 15.5-point favorite. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. I don't know if you're a gambler out there, if you, if you even want to hang around this football game. But uh, Cal defensively showed me something a week ago. They missed a lot of tackles where they have been really good. And the defensive backfield in the back end, normally very, very solid, struggled a little bit. So, you know, all the onus has been on this football team's defense. And the last two weeks, a trip to Ole Miss, and then a short week to play an Arizona State team at home when they lose their quarterback, lose their starting quarterback. And that puts a lot on you. Um, I, I hope it's a closer football game, and I hope and I know Justin Wilcox will be competitive. I just think Oregon is far and away the best football team in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, after Juwan Johnson, the transfer from Penn State, is indeed back. I think that adds another weapon on offense. As you said, we're going to see the receivers. Uh, by the way, Jacob Breland, 18 for 265 yards, five touchdowns this season. No Oregon tight end has done that since Pharaoh Brown back in 2014, the current Cleveland Cavalier backup tight end. Or Brown. Sorry? Or Browns. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, that one went right over my head. I apologize. Uh, anyways, so Oregon Cal, like you said, 15.5 point favorite for the Ducks in Eugene, 5 o'clock on Fox. That's a perfect time um, as, as we hit fall in Eugene. Shouldn't be too cold. Um, and it actually might be ideal weather if Garbers does play. And if he is a little bit hurt, uh, it might be the perfect weather for him to play in because it won't be too hot. It won't be too cold. Um, we'll see what happens, though. I'm, I'm worried as a as a duck, um, but I think that that's because. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put every, I'm gonna put you at ease right now. Okay, don't worry, don't worry at all. This, this I instantly feel better. This is my lock. Okay, <laughs> Oregon is going to, Oregon's gonna show up and, and do some special things on Saturday. And the the one game you have to be, you need to look into probably is is the the home game against Washington State and then the traveling right. to Washington. Those are the two games I think right now, and then the game at USC later in the year. Those are the three games right now that are are gonna that, that this football team needs to focus on. But of course they have to focus on what's ahead of them right now. I, I give you a reprieve. Yeah. You're gonna be okay. I appreciate okay. that. And you mentioned it earlier. This is Mario Cristobal. This isn't Mark Helfrich or Willie Taggart. I don't right. have to feel uh, <laughs> too. There's uneasy. a different mentality. Uh, you know the guys he's brought in and the strengths. It's just a different mentality. They right. run around. I talked to um, Jay Norvell, the head coach for Nevada, this week uh, as I was calling their game, and you know he's he's played in those types of games while he was at Oklahoma, and he said the speed that he saw on defense uh, when they played up at at Oregon in week two, it was just different. It was something that he remembers seeing more down in the South, and that's going to make them very difficult to beat because of that defense and the new speed they have on the defensive side of the football. If Cal goes on to have a pretty good season and be competitive in the North, whether or not they win this game, and I know Justin Wilcox back in 2017 got that five-year, $10 million extension, but he does have an opt-out if he wants to leave. Is there a chance that another big FBS school reaches out to him and tries to take him away from Cal? Yeah, if if, if I'm... Anybody else who's in the who's in the market for a coach? I'm 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 calling up Justin Wilcox. I just don't know if he's if he's really willing to leave. You know, I, I I sat with them and that staff a week ago, and my takeaway was they're just a bunch of buddies, a bunch of buddies of his that all are getting to do get to do what they love to do, and that's just coach football. And they were at the time number fifteen in the country. So uh, 
I think that if another, he's going to take a look, probably. There's no harm in looking at something like that. But I think he's found something special there in these kids uh, and this coaching staff. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, if that happens. And I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he chose to stay at Cal. I will say this about this Cal team, and I said it before the season started. I don't think that they are they're prime time ready to win the Pac-12 North yet. And I said that. But I said they're going to decide who, who does. And they've already taken down UW. Right, so they're they're in a position right now with one loss. Um, you know they are going to be in a position to play Washington State, Oregon, Stanford. They're going to play all those football teams, right? They have to play Utah later in the year as well. They're going to have a chance to decide who wins the North, and there may be a, a time where they go and, and upset somebody else. In particular, uh, to your to your fear here, Oregon this week, right? If they if they have two wins in conference play uh, after week six, and they're against UW and Oregon, right? You know that that shows you the nuttiness of the conference because then they have a loss to to Arizona State. It's going to be really difficult without their starting quarterback because he was coming along, he was doing good things in that football game, and to go down uh, it, that's a big hit because Devin Monster is not he's not the answer at quarterback for Cal right now. He he he. Got them on one scoring drive where they carried the ball every down to open the second half against Arizona State. And when they had had and needed him to throw the football, he, he looked it looked foreign to him. Again, Oregon number thirteen hosting Cal five o'clock on Saturday. Justin Wilcox back in his uh, friendly confines of uh, of Eugene, where he played defensive back in college. Let's do the opening game here: Colorado, Arizona. We don't have to go too much into it, but two, three, and one teams. Not something that I was expecting. I I thought Colorado would be pretty good. Certainly not expecting Arizona, especially after losing Week Zero to Hawaii. I had it completely the opposite. I had I had Colorado winning two games this oh, year. Oh, really? Interesting. So yeah, I thought they were going to struggle a lot. I had Arizona finding their way out of it and being a six and six ball club, getting to a bowl game. So this this for me is huge. It the fact that it's in Boulder is big. Um, they're only lost to Air. They're only lost to Air Force. You know it. it I would rank that into an anomaly situation, playing against that kind of triple option offense. What they were able to do at Arizona State without LaVisca Chenault late in that football game, they are as talented as anybody when it comes to skill position players. Uh, with with Brown, with with Nixon, um, with LaVisca and Alex Fontenot. And then what what really is the question mark for me is Montez and his ability to be good week in and week out and not have a Jekyll and Hyde performance because he looked bad against Air Force, and that has nothing to do with what they do off- offensively. It has everything right. to do with what he was doing in that football game. And then he comes out and plays against Arizona State, which is a, a tremendous defense, and and just goes wild. So I think this is going to be a really good football game. It's going to be huge if Khalil Tate can be back. This is where he jumped onto the scene two years ago uh, as, a, as a dynamic football player. Um, and CU is going to be ready. I think it's going to be a very entertaining and good football game this weekend. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that one. One thirty, uh, Colorado, Arizona in Boulder. That's going to be uh, a game with some implications on it. One of those teams is going to walk away four and one. Um, and I think for me, I didn't expect. I, I mean, you said it was flipped. Arizona, you expected to be in the situation. Colorado, not so much. But the fact that Colorado could be four and one or Arizona could be four and one to me um, shows just how unready or unprepared we were. For this season in the Pac-12, and CU's favored. You know that's something I didn't see coming either, too. So they're they're favored ball club. They're they're going to be ready to play. Mel Tucker's got uh, got his, a bit of his identity in this football team. 
Uh, it might be a little chillier in Boulder this weekend. I don't know if he'll be rocking the shorts like he did uh, a week ago against Arizona State, making that fashion statement. But this is going to be one of the better football games in the conference this week. And I know there's only four of them, but this is going to be one that I think is going to be highly contested and come down to the last quarter. Again, 1.30 Pacific time in Boulder, Colorado, Arizona. Let's move to the 6 o'clock game. Unsurprisingly, not on national television. UCLA, Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State doesn't have a ton of fans outside of Corvallis, but they may actually show up at the Rose Bowl with how uh, UCLA has been unable to fill it with their own fans. We'll see if Dorian Thompson-Robinson is ready to go, but regardless, I think there's a chance here for Oregon State to take the win. We don't have to delve too much into this game because there's not a lot of implications um, other than the battle for the bottom of the Pac-12. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a, a huge statement game for Chip Kelly, right? You, if, if you can't beat the Oregon States of the world, you know, where are you going to find your wins? And that's not going to bode well for somebody uh, who was invested in so much, right? I don't think his leash is, is, is short. I think it's long. I think the how much they invested in him and the facilities are going to allow this to play out. I think this is starting to get to a point with Jonathan Taylor, though, where or Jonathan Smith, where he needs to find ways to get some wins. A week ago, uh, doesn't get it done against Stanford late in the football game. They come back. They don't win in Hawaii. They lose by a field goal there. Um, you know, they, they got overpowered by an Oklahoma State team to start the season. So this kind of game on the road, uh, you know, they did something similar at Colorado a year ago. They found a way to get a win, their only conference win from a year ago. This is, this is one of those opportunities for them to, to steal an, a conference win and, and start building a, a different kind of culture there when it come, in terms of winning football games because I think the culture has shifted. I think Jonathan Smith has brought that in. They have a talented offense. They need to do something better defensively. Uh, that that, that, that that alone lets, lets me believe that this game is going to be intriguing for that, that whole point. These are the bottom two, two, two teams in my power rankings this week. Again, uh, UCLA at 11 and uh, um, Oregon State at, at 12. I mean, you said that Oregon State needs something different on defense. Offensively, they really haven't been that bad. Jake Luton's been pretty good. Over 1,000 yards already. No interceptions, nine touchdowns. He has been sacked six times, so the offensive line uh, isn't, isn't as great as their counterparts just 45 minutes south in Eugene. But if they had a defense, I think they would be competitive to an extent in this conference. But UCLA's defense is just awful. And I do really think that Oregon State could, could steal this one away with the way that their offense itself has been playing. Well, it could be a shootout, right? It could be something similar that happened up in Pullman. I mean, there could be just a ton of points on the board. Uh, UCLA running up and down the football field as well as, uh, as Oregon State. You're exactly right. Luton and Hodgins, those guys have been special. Jamar Jefferson uh, heading back south uh, where he's from, a homecoming of sorts for him I think will be fun. Uh, I mean, it's gonna, I think it'll be, I think it's going to be an entertaining football game. Just to your point, there's no implications other than who's going to be at the bottom of this, uh, of this conference when it's all said and done. Six o'clock, Pac-12 Network. In the Rose Bowl for UCLA, Oregon State tickets start at $19. I don't know the last time I saw a Rose Bowl ticket that cheap. That's pretty insane. So if you're bored on a Saturday, head over to the Rose Bowl and you'll see a lot of offense. Uh, 7.30, Pac-12 After Dark on ESPN. Stanford hosting number 15, Washington. Implications on this game, more so just on, on a personal level, I think Jacob Eason. Just sustainable uh, success for me. I just want—I want to see them carry what they did against a USC football team. 
uh, not get too cute, right? You know, we saw at the beginning of the fourth quarter last week. They tried the trick play, turned it over, put USC in a position to to get back in that football game. None of those types of things. They need sustainability of success on the offensive side of the football. I think defensively, we've seen something start to happen. Jimmy Lake's kind of starting to feel this this young defensive backfield and what they're doing at the the linebacker and defensive line positions. They're going to be really difficult to handle defensively, I think, moving forward. And this is a good opportunity to go down and possibly go against K.J. Costello coming back off that injury. Um, we'll find out. But I think this is a, a statement game for them, one that you go in with the, a 14.5-point favorite early in the week uh, to make that statement, show up and, and put your foot down on, on somebody who's, who's down and struggling this year. Um, I don't know what it says about, about Stanford if they, if they lose – uh, go start another losing streak here. Luckily, they got a win against Oregon State a week ago. But uh, for me, this is going to be all about the University of Washington and what they can do to build off that win against USC a week ago. And I think it's important, too, because they don't really have so much competition next week at Arizona either, but the following two that weeks. That game's scary for me. Oh, really? At Arizona at 8 p.m. Pacific. They always go down to the desert in these games. You look two years ago, they did it against Arizona State, or three years ago, they did it against Arizona State. Those late football games in the desert freak the heck out of Chris Peterson and, and in particular, everybody when it comes to Washington. Those are, those are trap games, in my opinion. So, uh, And Arizona's going to be a 4-1 team. They're going to both be 4-1, probably sitting in that position. You know, it might be a, a primetime ESPN. I think it's a, I think it might be a primetime yeah, ESPN that's kickoff. That's replacing so. the 7.30 uh, Pac-12 after dark game, the 8 o'clock. But, so let me ask you this. Arizona next week, Oregon the following week, Utah the week after. Is there a chance that Washington, after this week, goes 0-3 in those next three games? Oh, it very well could happen, yeah. I mean, those are all capable teams of, of, of playing well. But it's also an opportunity for them to be three and zero, right? And then put really throw their hat into the ring in terms of hey, you know, when it's all said and done, we lost to a Cal team that's probably had one of the best defenses in the country at one forty in the morning Pacific time, uh, with no fans in the stadium, with after three hour you know weather delay, right? You know, and we're Pac twelve champions. Yeah, we deserve to be in the conversation. Washington at Stanford seven thirty ESPN. It'll be interesting to see uh, if Washington, like you said, can really make that statement the way that they. Uh, need to play to really show everybody uh, that they mean some serious business up in the north. So four games on the Pac-12 slate, Arizona, Colorado, California, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, and Washington, Stanford. Ryan, you will be at the College Football Playoff Committee this week in Dallas to shadow sort of the the process that ensues when they look um, at just sort of the field and how teams play and, and who they've played and who they've lost to and, and all the different nuances that go into this. Is there, in your mind, a conversation? Because when you look at the Pac-12 and the way that it you know it cannibalizes each other, to use your terminology, is there a, a case to be made from a Pac-12 perspective that the college football playoff should be expanded? Maybe. I, I think there's an elite issue here with in terms of the four teams that get invited. I think that makes you elite. And when you throw eight teams in there, you may throw a team in there that just doesn't necessarily belong, right? It's just this day and age where everybody kind of gets a trophy. Four teams in there makes it elite. That means one Power Five conference is, you know, is is out of luck. And that makes it interesting for me. It just so happens to have been the Pac-12 the last couple years, right? And a year ago, two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, were left out in the cold as Notre Dame got in. So, you know, for me... 
I, I'm not ready to go to that yet, but this year may force the hand of a lot of people because there's a good chance uh, going into the SEC championship there could be four teams uh, in the SEC that are 11-1. and one. It, Two teams being left out of the SEC championship, LSU and Auburn, while Georgia and Alabama fight it out in what is you know, essentially a quarterfinal football game. So I think this year could be interesting. I'm excited to head to uh, – I'm excited to have been in Dallas this week uh, going through the mock um, – playoff committee i'll have more on that next week and, and what it's what it's about and, and how the pac-12 may have a chance to actually throw their hat in the ring when it's all said and done and it'll be interesting to see too how that plays out if there's an 11-1 oregon or an 11-1 washington um if they can even compete not just with the sec but with an 11-1 wisconsin or an 11-1 ohio state depending on how the big 10 plays out so many national implications ryan we will check in with you uh next week to talk about your experience there what you learned and, and sort of what your takeaways are specifically for the pac-12 conference um but I think for now, that'll that'll do it. Like we said, four games on the Pac-12 slate. It's going to be interesting to see um, if if Oregon Cal specifically plays out the way that we said. Ryan thinks that's a lock for Oregon. Uh, my faith has been tested in the Ducks year in and year out, but uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable now after that conversation. <laughs> and, of course, the Colorado-Arizona game, uh, a really fascinating game to see which one of those teams will emerge 4-1, and one, not something that any of us expected. Enjoy week six already halfway through the season. We'll do a midseason check-in next week to talk about uh, where we expected to be at this point and where we actually are. We'll go over the media polls back in July because uh, everybody was wrong except for the top two teams. Um, it's been it's been crazy how it's played out. Thank you so much also, everybody, for, for tuning in, listening. R- rate, review, subscribe. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, but until next week, for Ryan Leaf, my name is Jonathan Rifkin. Thank you to the Believe Podcasting Network. Uh, this is Believe in the Pac-12. We'll be back next week. Enjoy week six. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.